0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Making Work Fun podcast with Maria and Natasha, two working professionals turned life coaches.
1: I'm Maria and I have worked in economic consulting for more than 14 years.
0: And I'm Natasha. I have over a decade of work experience in human resources.
1: Through our 25 plus years of combined corporate experience, we have learned a lot about work.
0: And through our work as life coaches, we have learned how to make work fun.
1: Whether you work for someone else, run your own business, or do anything else that you call your work, this podcast will teach you how to make your work fun too
0: without giving into the productivity hustle.
1: So let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Making Work Fun podcast. Um, it is me, Maria, this week um, doing a solo episode. And I think there's only a couple of solo episodes left before um, you're going to hear Natasha and me back together, which is super exciting. Um, I'm very excited for that. Um, Until then, I am really happy to be talking to all of you on my own again. So this week, I want to talk about rest, which is, as many of you know, this is kind of my specialty and the thing like one of the main things I work um, on with clients it is I mean rest is literally part of my business's uh, name (laughs) my business is called rest over grind so rest is very very important um, and uh, close to my heart and so I'm really happy to talk to you today about that Um, and I was I noticed I was procrastinating a little bit before recording this episode this weekend. Um, and by a little bit, I mean a lot, actually. <laughs> it's now Sunday afternoon. I usually record my episodes on Friday and I just had this like resistance to recording, which was very strange to me. I wasn't sure why, since this is an important topic to me. And then I realized like that is actually why, because it is an important topic. Um, and because it is something that's very dear to my heart. I was, I had some thoughts about, you know, how I might not be able to unpack it correctly and fully for you, which of course I'm not like, this is such a big topic. I'm definitely not going to be able to unpack it in the next like 10, 15 minutes um, fully, but I'll do, you know, I'll do my best to cover some of the main points that I wanted to share with you. And I will most likely be talking to you and Natasha in the future about rest again, because again, this is like such a big topic. It's definitely not going to fit into a neat, like 15 minute package. Um, So the things that I did want to share today, I I really want to talk about how to expand our definition of rest. So one of the things that I was doing before I Discovered coaching and um when I was sort of in the the height of my burnout days, um I was doing it without realizing it, which is that I had an extremely narrow definition of what rest is. I thought that rest is literally just watching TV and only under sort of a very specific set of circumstances. So um, watching TV, I mean, it's still one of my absolute all-time favorite activities. So <laughs> I don't want you to think that I'm going to have a lecture about how it's not great to watch TV. No, it's it's fabulous. <laughs> um, But the problem is like, if that's, that was like my only way of relaxing. And again, it wasn't even just watching TV. It was watching TV with a very specific set of criteria around it. Like it had to be at a certain time of day. I had to not have any emails coming in. I had to not be thinking about anything else. I had to have a favorite snack around. I had like so many conditions, um, that it, unless all of them were met, I didn't think I was actually resting. And so the problem with that, of course, is that I was, I very rarely felt like I was getting any rest. Like if nothing else in my life felt restful. I constantly thought I was, I'm just running around doing a ton of work, um, doing a bunch of things in my life and very, very rarely resting. And it was kind of a vicious cycle because I think part of the reason I had such an elaborate definition of rest is because I thought rest is such a scarce and um such a precious thing that you have to earn you have you you can only get it very rarely you have to have fulfilled a number of things in your life to be able to deserve rest I thought it's something you have to deserve so because I had like all of these thoughts around rest about how it's scarce and something you have to deserve like of course when I did feel like I deserved it which was very rare let's be honest um, I wanted it to be extremely special. I'm like, everything needs to line up. It needs to be perfect. It needs to like, all of these conditions need to be met. But then of course, the the, the other part of, part of that vicious cycle is that because I had so many conditions around it, I sort of reinforced my own belief that it is so rare and so precious and so sort of elusive, like rest just felt elusive. It like, didn't feel like something that's just available to me at all times. Um and so that really, really contributed to my burnout because, of course, if you are constantly like if there's one side of the picture with you putting all your energy into work and into all of these other things in your life and you actually have no nothing to counterbalance it or this like very limited um, set of activities that are the only thing in the world that can counterbalance it. Of course, your energy is going to be like running very low most of the time. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you today about expanding your definition of rest. Like if if you're listening to this and you yourself are like asking what is my own definition of rest? Pay attention to that because I I want you to really figure out do you have a very narrow definition like I did or maybe you have a much more expansive definition in which case that's amazing and I would still invite you to listen <laughs> to the rest of this episode because I'm going to touch on some things that Maybe you have considered in the past, and maybe you haven't, but they they could be useful um but if you do have a very narrow definition, I would invite you to start expanding it and in the process, also start questioning all of the thoughts you have about rest, like if you do think it's very rare, it's very precious, it needs to be deserved, it needs to be earned. Start questioning those things, like why does it need to be earned? Why does it need to be deserved? If you do think it needs to be deserved, ask your brain, like, what are the specific criteria we have set up for deserving rest? When I, Whenever I do this exercise with clients, it's always mind-blowing to them because they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I had these like super convoluted set of criteria. Like I need to have worked x many hours but also i need to have accomplished this much and i need to like not have made any mistakes to deserve rest or i need to have like there's you start getting into like this super convoluted set of criteria like ask yourself what what are those and can we start untangling that a little bit uh, releasing some of the pressure some of those criteria questioning do they make sense why do they make sense etc and that that type of mental work is going to help you expand your definition of rest too because you're going to start allowing rest in more spaces of your life and in more parts of your day um maybe you're going to start noticing some additional activities that are restful maybe you're going to start noticing things that are restful in like smaller chunks of time it doesn't always have to be a, like one or two hour chunks it could be five, 10 minutes. Um, and here, I want to I wanna add another caveat. When I say you can rest in like five, 10, 10 minutes, I don't want you to take that and think, okay, so then if you can rest in five, 10 minutes, that's all I should ever be doing because I need to, That that will, is going to help me be more productive. The goal of any of this is never to just be more productive or to like, we're not machines. Our goal in life is not to produce more. I mean, ironically, if you cure burnout and you like learn how to rest. The end result often is that you become more productive, but I don't ever want that to be your driving (laughs) factor. Like I don't want that to be your goal because that's just reinforcing the same beliefs that led to the burnout in the first place. So what if we don't worry about how productive we're going to be? We just start noticing rest in different chunks of time, not because of productivity, but just because we're lovely human beings who deserve rest. (laughs) And rest is one of the things that are like an essential part of life. So that's one level of expanding your definition of rest is literally starting to question some of your beliefs around it and also starting to notice some activities throughout the day that are restful to you. Um, And then I want to go a couple of levels deeper than that. That's like level one is noticing new activities, noticing like additional ways in which you could be resting different things that work for different types of fatigue sometimes we have you know mental fatigue physical fatigue emotional fatigue so noticing all of these things and expanding your definition in terms of activities but the the, the one level deeper that i want to go and then then i'll go one more level <laughs> deeper but the first level is rest is also in how you think about yourself and your day like rest is a mindset as well so Cultivating a restorative mindset is going to change everything for you because it's going to help you just not not approach your day, your work, your life with so much stress and pressure. That to me is like the deeper level of how I have expanded my own definition of rest. So, what do I mean by that? So, cultivating a restorative mindset, really, to me, honestly, really, just means having your own back, supporting yourself not being mean to yourself if things go differently than what you had planned, if something comes up that you weren't expecting, um, if um, you're procrastinating, if you're quote-unquote wasting time, whatever that means <laughs> to you. I don't um, believe in that concept. Is It's a principle, but I, I know it's like a part of our cultural narr- narrative. And I know a lot of us have, and I did for a long time too, have a lot of thoughts about what wasting time means. So sort of cultivating a lot of space and compassion around any of those things. Because a lot of us go through the day just beating ourselves up constantly and trying to fuel ourselves with pressure, Um, being angry at ourselves if circumstances change and we can't adapt quickly and we can't get all of our work done, even though like seven unexpected things popped up during the day. We make it mean something terrible about ourselves and how we're disorganized and how we never finish everything and blah, 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 whatever the story is. Um, We are so mean to ourselves about, um, you know, like all of these things, changing circumstances, changing um, priorities, um, not like not being able to fit in whatever mold you had about how your day is supposed to go. Um, And we're so used to using pressure as our fuel that it can be really scary to like take a step back from that and actually do things without all of the pressure. We, just, we think a lot of us, the narrative is we think we're never going to be able to actually motivate ourselves to do something if we don't have all the pressure. But actually think of it this way. like If you had someone next to you who was constantly like yelling at you throughout the day about everything you're doing? Like, why are you so slow? Why didn't you do this? Why are you? Why did you say that stupid thing during the meeting? Why are you wasting time right now? Imagine having another person next to you doing that all day long. Does that sound like something that's going to be motivating and that's going to help you get organized, think deeply about problems, think about how to pivot and problem solve whenever that's necessary? Or is that just going to be spike your stress level and spike your like stress hormones in your body and you're going to just be in like fight or flight all day trying to avoid some of the yelling from that person that just doesn't seem like a very constructive situation to be in right and when we think about it as a second person sitting next to us it's easy to see how unhelpful that is but when it's when that second person is actually a voice in our heads we don't think of it as unhelpful and as something that is stressing us out and exhausting us. We think of it as, as actually very useful. Um, but it's the same thing. If you're constantly criticizing yourself and you're constantly like doing things in order to avoid your own self criticism, that's a very stressful and exhausting place to be. So learning how to deconstruct that voice too, and how to make that voice more compassionate is to me, an essential part actually of rest, because that helps you go through your day having so much space and compassion and curiosity about yourself and your work. And it allows you to do all of the things and react to changing circumstances in a much calmer and more deliberate way. And at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself much less exhausted. So that's why, to me, that's an essential part of rest. Like you, when you cultivate that restorative mindset where you have your own back and you support yourself, you're going to be so much less exhausted. And so that's to me, is a level deeper beyond just doing specific activities that are restful outside of work. That's very important. But also having that restorative mindset throughout the day, even as you do work is also i would invite you to consider that a part of rest and a part of something that will help you feel less burnt out and less exhausted um and then the other level deeper that i wanted to go in this discussion is thinking of also processing difficult thoughts and feelings as part of rest as well so um a lot of you if you're getting coaching and if or if you're going to therapy or if you're doing any other type of um emotional and Thought work, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know what I mean when I say working through different difficult thoughts and feelings. Um, And you also know that it's like not the most pleasant thing in the world to do. Of course, sitting with our own difficult feelings is actually one of the hardest things for everyone, including myself. And I'm still very much working on that. Um, like when we have an unpleasant feeling, the tendency and the natural human impulse is to try to get away from that, to try to distract ourselves, to try to not think about it until like our mood naturally shifts. But often what happens is that means we're suppressing that feeling, and so it keeps trying to come back up in different contexts. It might go away for a little bit and then it like comes right back in um, whenever we think about something that that sparks it again. So sometimes not sometimes, very often actually like doing that deeper type of work of working through what is causing our difficult feelings, what what are our thoughts that are creating those difficult feelings and how do we sit with them for a little bit. That doesn't feel great in the moment, but it takes off so much of the physical burden and mental burden that we feel in our lives. Um, and that to me is a very critical part of rest. Um, it's just when you're brain is less cluttered and your body feels lighter because it's not trying to push away all your feelings, you're actually feeling them. That is extremely restorative. Um, And usually what happens when we are trying to suppress those feelings, we try to distract ourselves with something. And so we pick some activities and those activities could be really anything in the world. We could be cleaning. Like I've sometimes like tried to do some deep clean of the apartment to try to avoid some difficult feelings. It could be exercising. It could be overworking. It could be so many different things. And sometimes it could be activities that you usually use for rest, such as watching TV or reading a book or doing something else that is in different circumstances is relaxing. But when you're using it to distract yourself and to run away from a difficult emotion, it feels anything but relaxing. It actually feels quite unpleasant sometimes. Like it feels like you feel this tightness in your chest and tightness in your body. And you're like, okay, I'm doing this just to like get a dopamine hit and try to not feel my feelings. But it doesn't feel great. Like it might work for like a very short period of time. And ultimately you find yourself just not feeling good at all. And you've like sat in front of the TV for seven hours, but don't feel rested at all because the whole time you were... Trying to distract yourself from a difficult feeling, as opposed to just taking, let's say, seven minutes <laughs> to process the difficult feeling. That doesn't mean it's going to disappear right away, but when we allow it and we process it, it just—it's so much lighter and less, um less, less stressful and less tight in our bodies. And so, doing that difficult, deeper work of working through thoughts and feelings is also a very critical part of rest in my book. Um, And so those are the three main things I wanted to share with you today. One, think about expanding your definition of rest um, in terms of what activities are restful and in the process, see whether you have some rules around rest that maybe are creating that very narrow definition if you have one. Um, Number two, learning how to cultivate that restful mindset throughout the day where you have your own back and you support yourself and you're not super mean to yourself um, about everything that you're doing and everything that's happening during your day. And number three is learning how to process some of those difficult thoughts and feelings so that they don't stay stuck and they don't um, basically just create a lot of like additional resent, uh, uh, resistance and um And sometimes resentment, actually, like a lot of additional like mental and physical burden for you that is exhausting. Um, so I hope all of this was helpful wherever you are on your rest journey and your burnout journey. Um uh I hope all of these, yeah, all of these things are give you some food for thought. Um, if you of course have any questions about them or want to clarify some things or want some help working through some things, feel free to reach out to me. My um, email is info at restovergrind.com or you could go to my website, restovergrind.com and schedule um, a free uh, consultation call during which um, we can get to know each other and you can tell me what your question is and what you're experiencing right now, what you're struggling with. And I can give you some tips on how to start resolving it. And I can tell you a little bit more about my work and how it might be helpful. Um, And at the end of the consult call, we can either go our separate ways if we don't think we're a good fit to work with each other. And you'll you'll just leave with some tips and maybe even some referrals to other coaches who might be... Helpful to you, um, or we can decide that it is a good idea to work together, and then um, we can we can talk next steps on that. But there's zero pressure during the call to do anything. I'm not going to pressure you to work with me, especially if uh, um, we don't we don't feel like it's a good enough. Fit. I mean, I'll never pressure you to work with me, but uh, it's just like there's. I know like sales and consult calls can be stressful, and I have often hesitated in the past. To book one because i'm like oh my gosh am i going to be stuck in one of those calls kind of like the one of those timeshare presentations <laughs> that I went on, I went on one of those last year and I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be allowed to leave here. They're just going to keep convincing me to buy (laughs) forever. That was very stressful. That is not what my consult calls are. I'm like, I never want anyone to have that experience. We're just going to share information and then make some decisions based on that. But if we want to go our separate ways, we go our separate ways. and oh, and another way you can get in touch with me is through my Instagram. So my Instagram handle is rest underscore over underscore grind. I actually have a TikTok account with the same handle. Um, and you can find me on either platform and send me a message there as well. If you want to chat. Um, so thank you for so much for joining me today for this discussion of rest. And I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Hey everyone, it's Maria. I am a burnout coach for professional women, and I work with high achieving perfectionists who want to heal burnout so that they can take a step back and enjoy their lives without sacrificing their success. To work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, which is restovergrind.com and book a free consult call. You can also follow me on Instagram at rest underscore over underscore grind, or on LinkedIn under restovergrind, LLC.
0: Hey everyone, Natasha here. I'm a money mindset coach. I work with women who wanna shift their beliefs around money and wealth so they can finally leave the drama behind and focus on actually doing the work they love to do. I work with two different types of clients. Employees who wanna make more money at work or entrepreneurs who wanna earn more in their business. And I teach people how to love the process of earning and creating more because it really is possible for money to be easy and fun. So let me show you how. You can find me on my website at natashatocesti.com or on Instagram at natashatocesti. We'll see you there.